Hello, everyone. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Greatly appreciated for all the support out there, everyone listening in. We we hear you, and we see you, and we thank you greatly. Um, we have a lot to discuss in this episode. Before I get to the big announcement uh, for Tea Time and, and what this interview could mean, it, it's going to be special, and I want everyone to tune in to the YouTube at Tea Time Reports. Uh, and check it out. It should be up Sunday night or at the very latest Monday morning. We're going to be interviewing all USFL kickoff returner Josh Simmons, former Pittsburgh Mauler, Prairie a, uh, Prairie View A&M football player, also played for the Jousters in the Spring League with Luis Perez. He has a history in the game, a very important piece of it, um, a, a crucial spring football player and a guy I've been a fan of ever since I've seen him put on a Pittsburgh Maulers uniform and saw what he was able to do for the special teams unit for that team in 2023, earning all USFL honors, by the way, leading the USFL in kickoff returning yards and all-purpose yards. I think it was over 860 kickoff returning yards. He was a crucial piece to why that they were in the championship game because the points mainly predominantly came from the defense and the special teams for the Maulers because it was a very underachieving offense that struggled, but still was just a great team to watch if you love underdogs and love grit, because that's what that team was to me, and Josh Simmons displays that, and I, I can't wait to interview him and get to talk to him and be able to share uh, his story and his experiences with everyone out there, all of our fans, and hopefully you guys will become a fan of his as well, because this guy has not been picked up by a UFL squad yet, and that's criminal. That is absolutely criminal in my personal opinion, and that needs to change. So shout out to Joshua Simmons for giving us the opportunity to talk to him and uh, using our platform to uh, you know, boost him up in a sense and try and do what we can as fans to get him a position in the CFL, UFL, anywhere because he deserves to be on the field, man. He's a special guy, a special player, and thank you so much again, Joshua, for letting us get to talk to you. And again, if you're a fan of Tea Time Reports or a fan of Joshua Simmons, definitely tune in on Sunday and and look out for that interview and I'm greatly excited to to be able to do that. So let's get forward to the um, the news of the episode regarding the UFL and a league where Joshua Simmons belongs, just letting you know everyone out there listening. But recent acquisitions are uh, coming down to it because spring training camp, um, not I think training camp in general just starts tomorrow or it started today, I believe. Uh, very close down to the wire, but Arlington picked up Tenny Adewusu, cornerback out of Delaware, and Darius Moragan, I am probably butchered that name, I'm so sorry, bro, uh, defensive tackle out of Kansas. So Arlington acquiring guys you know, down to the wire, good for them because they've had the least impressive offseason in my personal opinion. I know they're a championship team, but they really didn't do much to improve upon. I think the big acquisition that got them there was mainly Luis Perez, but he is also back, and we're going to get into that signing. Um, but Memphis also picked up former New Jersey General and Seattle Seahawks running back Trey Williams, a guy that's versatile, dynamic, and incredibly explosive, a guy that I'm so happy that he's going to be back with his running back duo mate, uh, Darius Victor, in Memphis behind Troy Williams and Case Cookus. I think that's going to be a special group on offense for Memphis, and they're just acquiring more and more talent. And they're making a, a good, valid reason for me to believe in them to maybe take down the Stallions this year. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, shout out to Trey Williams. I'm glad that he got picked up. Um, it looks like uh, San Antonio picked up Kwambina uh, Bansu, uh, defensive end out of Army. I know he had a solid 
collegiate career there, and I'm glad that they picked him up. Um, St. Louis picked up Austin Feolu, uh, defensive tackle out of Oregon. A lot of those guys might be re-signings. I'm just not as familiar with XFL rosters from last year as I am with USFL rosters, so I apologize. Trying to learn as we go along. Um, but I'm really glad that we're seeing a lot of this talent um, continuously being picked up and more and more guys getting that shot that they deserve because after all, that's what this league is essentially about. And I know that we we talk about the game, the quality of it, and we I, I saw this question on Twitter slash X uh, about what is going to be the biggest overreaction from week one. I just think people are going to overreact by maybe the sluggish start or maybe some mistakes by big teams that we thought were going to be great. We need to we need to we need to analyze and figure out what the sample size of a spring team is. And me truthfully, I believe it's going to be two games. After last week, after last year for the USFL, after watching those same four um, excuse me, eight clubs go at it again, I, I noticed that typically you saw each team have a one really good game in the first two weeks. And then after how they respond to that is how you typically will see how that team's gonna do that season. Because we saw Memphis have a really good game week one last year, still lose to the um, Philadelphia Stars, but they still showed promise, and then they, you know, <laughs> it spirals downhill. But I think we're going to have a two-week sample size notice of what teams are going to be special and what teams are going to make that late push potentially or going to have to make a mid-season acquisition. Injuries will come into play as well, obviously. Um, but another big signing was the Memphis Showboats signed tight end Dominique Daphne. Uh, he had some experience with the Green Bay Packers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, originally being signed to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Um, but it's a great pickup. He, he's a predominantly blocking tight end, but it looks like uh, John DeLafipio and their staff are really making a push for this season because DeLafipio, he had a good season with the New Orleans Breakers last year with McLeod Bethel-Thompson, Wes Hills, and, and that Sage Surratt-led offense, and don't forget about Johnny Dixon. But we, we got to really take into consideration um, that he is legit acquiring talent, making those big splash moves in the media, trying to get Chad Ochocinco there. Apparently the deal didn't really make too much sense to either party, and it just fell through. A month of hopeful thinking, though. But he's making those PR moves. He's making good waves for this league and for the Memphis Showboats. He's a he's a good piece. I'm glad they brought back. I'm glad they got rid of Todd Haley because he was an underachieving head coach who really kind of gave me the vibe that he didn't really give a fuck. So I'm glad that we have like true guys that are in there like legit trying to compete. It's not just like 100% fun. Like this is like 100% competition. <laughs> this is what this UFL entity is trying to bring out and trying to do for springtime ball. And I think it's crucial to point out that this might be the most intense spring training camp for spring football clubs ever. To make the final 50, it's going to be harder than ever to make that cut. There's so many guys, so many great guys. I mean, look at look Joshua Simmons, for example, Paris Ford, for example. So many guys that have not like even been picked up. I mean, Eli Walker just got let go. Like he was nothing, bro. And I, he's a phenomenal safety. All USFL. I mean, I, I genuinely I believe that they, these guys are going to get picked up, and I think it's going to take you know maybe some more cuts to do it. Uh, first round of cuts, then they get brought in. But I I really do believe that I. I wish they had four extra teams, bro. 
because there's still so much talent out there. We're seeing guys like John Franklin III go to the CFL. We're seeing guys like Thaddeus Moss go to the CFL. I'm not shitting on the CFL. I would just rather see American athletes stay in America, right? I mean, like, let's get these guys, you know, paid, get them on a roster because they're they're talented. Not many guys are able to do it. And I, I think that that's a crucial point to, to, to kind of bring up is that I really, like, if not for two teams, you should have left the Maulers. That was a good organization, a good brand to build upon. And the Philadelphia Stars, a team that has never been in a USFL season without being in the championship game, except 2023. So, I, I mean, those two teams, I feel like, could have been left. I, I, I The Breakers were solid, bro. Like, they, they were... They were really solid, bro, for two seasons, two winning seasons, two playoff runs. I mean, that's a team that could have definitely made the cut with that entire team. It was a very high-quality roster. Keontae Shad, St. Amour. But I just really do believe that, and Vontae Diggs, but all these guys are already on rosters with Memphis, with Dillafipio. He brought over pretty much all of his guys, which I respect. I didn't mean to make that a Memphis Showboat segment, but I have a, I have a good feeling about them this year. I really do. Um... But getting into another signing that's huge, and I touched up on it earlier in the episode, it was Luis Perez re-signing with the Arlington Renegades. Luis Perez is probably the most acclimated spring quarterback of all time. He's probably played in every springtime league you can imagine. This is a guy that learned how to play quarterback from YouTube. He's a special dude. He's a smart guy. You know, he has good arm talent. He can make throws. He's he has high IQ with the game. Studies defenses probably very thoroughly, and I've always in, I've always loved his competitiveness, especially dating back to the 2022 inaugural USFL game when he and Alex Magoo faced off, and they both they both responded touchdown touchdown. It was so fire. Jordan Tayamu has a losing record against Luis Perez. Luis Perez is a dog. Luis Perez had a phenomenal 2022 season with the New Jersey Generals. And then he obviously went to the XFL, and DeAndre Johnson had to pick up reins in New Jersey. But DeAndre Johnson's a guy that also deserves to be signed. I think the uh, Houston Roughnecks should genuinely look at him as a guy to bring in. Same with Joshua Simmons. Two guys that could genuinely create havoc and cause big plays on the offensive side of the ball. Isaiah Zuber, Joshua Simmons, Justin Hall, I, I, uh, Chichi uh, uh, Ism, Chichi Chisholm, CC Chisholm, I think his name is, Fire. Huge, big body wide receiver, 50-50 ball kind of guy. And they also had, uh, God, what was his name? Oh, I'm going to draw a blank now. Can't, um, Ratliff Williams. He's a big uh, big wide receiver guy. They set up wide receiver screens for him. Montel Cozart, I think, is still on the on the roster, but they brought in Reed Sinet. I would like to see DeAndre Johnson brought into the Roughnecks, mainly because I just think he would be the immediate QB1 based on his athleticism. Montez Cozart didn't really get a good chance, but I just think that the Roughnecks have probably the the weakest QB room in the league now after the re-signing of A.J. McCarron, because I was going to say the Battlehawks, but no. I, I mean, Brandon Silvers as the backup to A.J. McCarron, that's solid. That's a very solid room, just alone. Brandon Silvers had a very solid season for the Roughnecks last year in 2023. He put up good numbers, but they just couldn't get it done when it came down to the wire. Um, but I want to talk about real quick before we kind of dive into other uh, discussions and maybe round it off with a little, um, you know, cap off on the announcement that I made. But the 2024 UFL quarterbacks and what they're looking like right now, it looks like for San Antonio, it's going to be Jake Cohn. 
which I don't know if I like that, but it might also be Tom Flacco. So I also respect that. Like, there's going to be a competition in that camp for sure. But definitely Lewis Perez with the Arlington Renegades. Definitely Case Cook is with the Memphis Showboats. J.M.R. Smith, until proven otherwise, because J.M.R. Smith is a two-time champion. Jordan Tayamu with the D.C. Defenders. E.J. Perry with the Michigan Panthers. Jake Normandy with, uh, gosh, who's he going to be? I, actually, no, he's on San Antonio, isn't he? Yeah, he was the first overall UFL draft pick. So, I, I yeah, I could see him or Jake Cohn. I don't know. There's a lot of speculation there. And then, obviously, A.J. McCarron for St. Louis. But that's going to be interesting. That'll be very interesting to see what it shapes up to be. But those quarterbacks, those eight quarterbacks are some guys you're going to have to keep your eye on for sure. And I, I want to quickly talk talk about people like immediately throwing Matt Corral in QB1 position. I, I, I disagree with that statement. Yes, is he a guy that you want to see out there? I agree. I 100% agree. But J.M.R. Smith... He has proven that he can make throws in the pocket and out the pocket. He can make those kind of improvisation plays. I, I love J.M.R. Smith, and I love his arm talent. I love his game. I love his quarterback ability in general, his IQ. I mean, he's led the Stallions to a winning culture. Him and Alex Magoo are a huge reason the Stallions are where they are. This is J.M.R. Smith's season to prove himself that he is a true QB1 for this organization and club. And if he's not, then seven other teams would love him. I'm not even kidding, bro. Like, he is a dog, bro. He is a special guy. Him and Marlon Williams coming back after rehabbing together after last season, after both injuring themselves in week one, so not really even being able to see the full 100% capability of the Birmingham Stallions last year with Marlon Williams being that number one speciality guy. He's a phenomenal talent, a great punt returner, a great kickoff returner, and a phenomenal wide receiver one. Very shifty, very versatile, and he uh, injured his Achilles, I believe, in week one. J.M.R. Smith broke his thumb week one, and it's only a 10-week regular season, so by the time playoffs come around, so if they're even potentially ready to play, J.M.R. Smith in that case, you know, you don't want to pull out Alex Magoo and ruin the chemistry of the game. So I just genuinely believe that this is his time to shine, and he's going to have every motivation to shine. He's at, He has Adrian Martinez behind him, Jalen Morton's coming back to... To, to try and make that roster, to do what he can to get on the field, because he's a guy that has talent. He has a lot of talent, raw talent, and Skip Holt sees that, and I appreciate that. And then you obviously have to take in Matt Corral. I mean, he was a he's a high draftee, bro. I mean, this is a guy that's going to come in and know the game. He's going to know the game well. I mean, truthfully, Matt Corral has never been the same after that uh, injury at Baylor, but I, 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 I think that he could come in and revive his career in this league. Or maybe, you know what, make a name for himself in this league. Because at the end of the day, like, you want to make a name for yourself in the NFL, I 100% agree. But at the end of the day, like, you can make a legacy move and be a part of something really awesome here with the UFL. Grow this entity, grow this league, become a legit fucking superpower in springtime sports. Like, that's what this league could be if we all chip in together and try and do our part. But also the players, I mean, if they make the move like, hey... You know what? I maybe my time has passed for the NFL. Maybe I never was meant to be there. Maybe I was meant to be here in the UFL and create my opportunities here. Create my branding here. Create what I can here. Do my best with this league. Do even better in this league and shine and have my name plastered across uh, special edition sports cards or, or ads. I mean, there's so many cool things that could come up come with the UFL, and I think that. You know, the opportunity is there. I think it's it's for the taking. 
and I think that players, media members, you know, private media guys as well, I, uh, betters are going to take advantage of that, and and hopefully in this season we see a, the biggest springtime presence ever for American football. That's what I want, and that's not because the game is awesome, not because you know I I love watching football, but because I want these guys out there to have success. I want the players to be able to succeed and have the spotlight they deserve. That's what it's always been about, in my opinion. That's why I tuned in and didn't miss a single USFL game. I, I can safely say that. Caden and I, my little brother Caden and I, we never missed a USFL game. Every weekend, we made sure to watch him. Because you know what? You could learn a guy. You, you can learn about a guy you, you didn't even know about. You could find a new player you love, a new team you love. And that's what the beauty of it is. And, and this, this league is going to be something special if they're able to capsulize that in any kind of way. But at the end of the day, we'll have to see what, you know, the play and the quality of play and the quality of production is going to be. But there's still a lot of talent out there that deserves to be picked up. Guys that just recently got let go because of acquisitions that deserve to be on rosters. You can make up a whole two teams of guys that deserve uh, to be on this this field, this UFL pitch, if you will. Um, and I'm glad that the marketing is going where it is. I'm glad Daryl Johnston's still a huge part of it. I'm glad Dwayne The Rock Johnston's doing his marketing with it. I'm glad that each team is getting geographically, logically based marketing ads and stuff like that. The Panthers have their own ads. The Defenders have their own ads. Every team have their own ads. They are marketing this te- this league in a in a very very bright way. They're taking the USFL's margin of uh, and you know kind of vibe, but they're also attaching it to the XFL's flashiness, and that's something that I can appreciate and get a part of, because the XFL did that because in a very successful way. With Dwayne The Rock Johnson as your head talking piece, you're going to pull in numbers, you're going to pull in a fan base, and you're also going to create waves on social media, and that's what they're adding into the business model of the USFL, I believe. That's why they only kept eight teams, sadly. But I do believe that if this season is successful enough, we could possibly see expansion via year three. I want to see a second year with these teams in consistent manners. And I want to see returning players, returning pieces, maybe some big contracts. And I want to see some ownership on each team. I want to see some private ownership. Maybe someone buys the St. Louis team. Maybe someone buys the San Antonio team. Someone needs to buy the Birmingham team. That's a, that's a marketing. Like that team is on fire. Like if you're smart, if you're a smart owner out there listening, if you have fucking millions of dollars, if you have fucking 35 million, 40 million bucks to throw out there to set the market of price for these teams, I, I think you should buy the Birmingham Stallions. Obviously, the ticket sales are going to go towards the Defenders and Battlehawks, but the team with the most success is the team with the most notoriety, and people are going to always go to that, and and that's just facts. And the Stallions have done that, you know, hand over fist the last two years of spring football seasons. No matter who you are, no matter what you you know what you were watching, the quality of play, I can argue, it was dead even, maybe a little bit more on the USFL side based on the fact that we did see two years of its own entity and we saw what they were able to do and create. And now that both leagues are together and merged and trying to become one in a sense with you know, production value, marketing, the roster size, the rules, everything, trying to logistically make this the right way in a way that you can put that to where they're trying to be the best of both worlds and you want to see this work out. It's a dream to a lot of people. A lot of people wish that they stayed two entities and I can understand both arguments. I really can. But at the end of the day, instead of fighting and just marketing against each other, trying to draw viewership from each other, 
there's only one way spring football will survive, and it's with one large entity that's probably going to be like a B or G league to the NFL where talent will be sent down and sent up, you know, traditionally. But I don't want to see that that often. I want to see continuity. I want to see guys that are going to stay in this league and legitimately try and build it with the league. And you see that with the uh, USFL PA, and it's interesting to see the USFL <coughs> player union. <coughs> excuse me, the player union for the USFL has enacted and taken over for, to, to represent the players, even from the XFL. Um, and that's a whole discussion as well. I apologize. I don't have my proper hydration. Let me grab a little sip of my water here. <sighs> Got to enjoy some H2O, some Zephyr Hills, some spring water. But um, no, you, you, you like to see player representation and you like to see the formalities of a professionalist kind of built like you can tell it's structured or it's it's structured like the usfl was because the xfl did not have a players union a lot of guys don't want one i don't know why you want to have that representation at the table but at the end of the day that's neither here nor there that's personal opinion i guess but i just think that that's a bigger conversation that needs to be had as well and i i see it on x i see it on twitter and whatever you want to call it um quite a bit some players talking about that as well but um getting back to my announcement before I wrap up the episode, I just want to shout out Joshua Simmons and his friends and family. And, you know, this guy's a special player, and I hope that he's able to be picked up by the UFL, at the very least the CFL. I want to see him on a field um, in these upcoming seasons coming up. I, he deserves to be. He's special. He's got the speed, the versatility, that explosiveness, that playmaking ability. Um, and, and you like to see that on a special teams and specialist player. And even that fadeaway throw from Troy Williams against the Michigan Panthers where he fingertip crabbed that ball. That was beautiful. I mean, he's a special guy. Even on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, he's a special dude. You give him the opportunity, he'll make a play. And I think that that needs to be notated, and I'm glad that I'm doing that. So I greatly appreciate Joshua Simmons for the opportunity to interview him. Uh, So, you know, I'm glad that me and Brandon are going to be able to sit down with him and be able to talk with him and um, pick his brain on the USFL, the Spring League, Prairie View A&M, his football experience, maybe some life-based questions. You never know. It's going to be a kind of organic, fluid type of interview, so we appreciate everyone for tuning into that, so stay tuned for that. This upcoming Sunday, um, which will be, let me get you that date, we're going to be interviewing him on Sunday the 24th at 2 p.m., so expect that interview on YouTube to be up hopefully Sunday evening, Monday morning at the very latest, um, and you know, show some love. This guy deserves it. He's a great football player. Deserves to be on a roster, like I've said. And uh, you know, I greatly appreciate the opportunity to be able to expand um, our our range and be able to interview a pro athlete, our first pro athlete interview. Hopefully, many more to come. But I'm glad that Joshua Simmons, a guy that I was rooting for, uh, watching him in the 2023 USFL season for the Pittsburgh Maulers, is able to be. Uh, the first guy we're able to talk to in that manner. So that's pretty awesome. Um, And I just want to shout out Brandon for putting in all the work with the USFL and the XFL and the UFL clips on TikTok, the the football clips, and just being able to be that that great editor. I mean, that in itself is so valuable, and um, we greatly appreciate that over here at Tea Time Reports. He's a a pillar of this show, and it is greatly appreciated. and I just want to say there's going to be so much more to come. Stay tuned on the TikTok as well. We have tons of clips coming up. Um, if you're a fan of that kind of stuff, 
Stay tuned to the IG, the YouTube, uh, threads, TikTok, Twitter, all that good stuff at Tea Time Reports. And visit our, our website, www.teatimereports.com, to learn a little bit more about the show, a little bit more about us and why we do what we do and how we do. And it'll be greatly appreciated. And you know what? Everyone out there, stay safe, stay tuned in. And shout out to Joshua Simmons, all USFL kick returner, straight up G. Take care, everyone.